Well, let's reset what's been happening here for UCLA men's basketball. Bailey gone, Fible in, Tiger gone, everybody's gone, and everybody across the world is coming in. What does this mean for Locked On UCLA listeners? It means you should get ready to listen to a jam-packed episode. Let's go, baby. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe. I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Thanks for joining us here. I know maybe some of you were frustrated. We had a football episode scheduled for yesterday. But who would have known it was the big day in terms of movement in NBA draft declarations? You had players committing and still more to come. For Mick Cronin. So let's just jump right into it. I know I had a bunch of little quick hitters, but let's try and fully dissect what's happening, why it's happening, who may return, who probably won't, and what does this mean for 2023 into 2024? Well, I kind of talked about this a little bit, but the first news that broke in chronological order was Tiger Campbell. That was Wednesday night where he said he's going to the NBA draft. And I know a lot of you on social media in the comments don't really agree and don't fully expect Tiger Campbell to be the most successful NBA product, but it just seems like the way he posted on social media a few weeks ago after the season ended in March, it just seemed like he's ready to move on. He's been at UCLA for five years, and then he's just trying to move on and play some professional basketball or do something else. And At the moment, I haven't seen at the recording of this podcast if he's signed an NCAA certified agent, but just all the movement seems like he took that similar Jaime Hawkins Jr. approach for the time being that this was his last year at UCLA. Now that could change, and I think the Bruins would welcome him back with open arms, but that's the biggest thing. You have Campbell, who is gone. And then the next news, which broke Thursday morning, ironically, a little bit before we dropped our Thursday episode, which seemed a bit confusing there, but it, it, it was a, it is what it is. We talked about Ilan Fible, the Frenchman who is a wing, about 6'6", maybe a 6'9", wingspan. He seemed to be getting a lot of steam over the last few weeks, including into this week, that he was going to become a Bruin. Fible has been quoted as telling 24-7 Sports. He really admired Russell Westbrook coming out and visiting L.A., He just dreamed about being a Bruin. And for Fible, he was choosing between Gonzaga, UCLA, and the G League. And he only turns 18 coming up in the month of June. So he had a year to decide what to do. Did he want to go play some college basketball? Which program would it be? Or did he want to go to the G League and sit in there for a year and attempt to play against some pro prospects and some former NBA players in that league? And he decided, I want to be a Bruin. want to live in Los Angeles at least for a year. And that sets up the Bruins for someone who could compete for a starting spot with Amari Bailey, then declaring he's going to the NBA draft. Someone who averaged just over 11 points per game over the year, 17 points per game, technically 16 and a half over the last month, heading into March after the Jalen Clark injury, where he stepped up, played great defense, and was an incredible, impactful force for UCLA getting to the Sweet 16, and nearly with his shot that will be forgotten against Gonzaga, nearly lifted them into the Elite Eight. So what does this mean for UCLA? There's still a Mara in the backgrounds looming as a 
7-3 presence, a damn bonus decision is something that has to be looked at. But UCLA has all these things just coming together at once. And what does this mean? First, who is Elon Fible? If you missed an earlier episode, if you missed my spaz rant yesterday, let's talk about this kid. He's a French product who helps UCLA become the 13th ranked class, still top three in the Pac-12 in terms of the 24-7 sports rankings. And this is a guy who's been playing for Pau de France. I think if I'm saying that name right, one of the third-tier division professional teams in French basketball, about 10 points per game, three rebounds a game, an assist per game, and one steal per game. I know I mentioned before he can shoot the three, but with his French team, he's only shooting 24% from three. But what really stuck out in everybody's eyes was his explosion into the market in the 2022 FIBA U-17 tournament where he played with his national team, France, scored just under 13 points per game, almost six rebounds per game, two steals per game, 1.9 1.9 per game technically in 19 minutes a game and actually shot 60% from the field and 60% from three, which is where he gets some of those, you know, comparisons that he can be a very good shooter and very helpful for UCLA coming up. The big question is, will he turn out to be an Abramo Zanka who didn't truly help the team in his freshman year, although he was much older, he's 21, but he came late in the cycle a little bit after the off season workouts, the full workout program started the hope is for Fible is that he can come a little earlier and work out the team, and we'll see how much Abramo Zonka grows, how much do the Wicklendons and the Dylan Andrews grows, how much do all these other players grow individually in terms of returners, and how much can Fible get accustomed to playing in the UCLA system under Mick Cronin with a lot more time than, say, Zonka did the year before. Those are all important things because it's those 2022 FIBA rankings that or the FIBA tournament, the U-17 tournament that put him on the map and international products don't always get stars or rankings. And so it's tough to judge. You have to read, you have to get some hearsay, see the skills, get interviews. And he's someone who can certainly help UCLA. And with Amari Bailey gone, that is a spot that's wide open, whether it's a key six man, whether it's that starting position, that is where FIBA is looking to battle potentially as the starting two and Lazar Stefanovic as that starting three, the six, seven that could take a singleton's role, but be thrust in the starting lineup. Maybe where Jalen Clark would be playing as opposed to where singleton would come off the bench or start at the end of the year. In terms of Amari Bailey reading from ESPN and seeing how he posted on Instagram. Yeah. He loved his time at UCLA, yada, 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 everything. You get the the smoke everywhere. He, He just, he declared the NBA draft. His mother, who is the mother of Mari Bailey, who is the number 42 prospect in the ESPN 100, told ESPN that he's not testing the waters. He is declaring for the draft. The 6'4 Pac-12 All-Freshman member, who very well, if he was healthy, could have been the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, is saying, hey, this is a guy who shot 39% from three, scored over 11 per game, four rebounds per game, and was one of the best performers at the end of the year that helped his draft stock and might have even gotten more love if the Bruins had won that game against Gonzaga. So it's seeming like there's very limited possibility, probably zero, if you take his mother's word for it, that he comes back to UCLA, which means the Bruins have now seen four players declare for the draft, Hawkes, Jalen Clark, Tiger Campbell, and Amari Bailey, with only a dim bona left to see about his decision. 
You've got David Singleton out of eligibility. So that means for UCLA, they could very well lose their top six contributors, generally in terms of minutes, points, and just everything from their team from a year ago, which could mean, as Max and I debated a few days ago, the best case scenario or the worst case scenario. Well, they've got some good coaches, as we've talked about Ivo Samovich, how he's been building this roster. We'll talk about those connections coming up next on Locked On UCLA because, hey, what is this team slowly going to look like and what is the reasons for why it's been built this way? We'll tell you that after I tell you about Built Bar because, hey, if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories, you've got to try the best-tasting protein bar ever. That's a Built Bar, or you can get Built Bar Puffs. They're healthy. They taste amazing. They're so amazingly good in their taste. You just got to try it because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, only 4 grams of sugar, 130 calories, and 17 grams of protein. That's exactly all the things you want to pack a punch in your protein bar. All you have to do is go to your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or you can get specialty flavors right at Built.com. Go right now. You don't want to miss out. Built.com and get yourself a Built Bar or some Built Bar Puffs. You don't want to miss out. Cruising on in Locked On UCLA, just talking some UCLA hoops today because that's the, the big news of the day pretty much. I know football is having spring practice. We can talk about whether Justin Martin's been thriving, who's really stepping up in the camp defensively, offensively, what do the coaches look like, but we're, we're talking hoops because the Bruins are going overseas to build this roster, it seems like. They got the Frenchman Ilan Fible. It seems like a day Mata who is of 7-3 big man from Spain, is maybe on the verge of choosing UCLA as his next destination. According to the NBADraftRoom.com, he is an incredibly skilled and talented 7-3 center, good passing instincts, feel for a game, can have impacts on both sides of the floor, and isn't necessarily very mobile, but is very good at defending in the paint, right at the rim and would could probably get a bit stronger right now and is a really good passer as a 7-3 center, can dunk the ball, decent shooting touch. So those are things that Dave Mata, the 7-3 big Spanish product, could come over. And these are all due to Ivo Samovich. UCLA hired him back in June as the latest assistant coach. And this was because Mick Cronin said, hey, I can see something happening. We need to go test the market overseas. And he's gotten a Bramo Zonka. Came a little bit later in the cycle, so he didn't necessarily pan out with a very veteran-laden roster last season. Maybe Zonka, and hopefully Zonka, can become a very impactful piece this year. Ilan Fible is someone that Samovich has gotten, and Ademara would be someone UCLA can help fortify their presence down low. Imagine if UCLA had a 7-3 guy in addition to a Bona and a Nuba and an Etienne, and the size they have from their wings right now with Fible and even Andrews, and everything else with Lazar Stefanovic. All these guys, UCLA can become a sneaky big team as opposed to an undersized team. You get Mara coming in, and the Bruins could be a very big team. That's if Mick Cronin wants to use it, although he is a little bit, you know, he's not as big as a Bona or a Nuba could be, but he is someone who could fill the post. This is all because Samovich is gone and had those connections using the overseas connections, the international products, and was even one of the reasons, because Samovich, the Serbian connection with Lazar Stefanovic, rumored that's how he brought in the Utah Ute, the former run in Ute, 
into UCLA. So you can see all these connections. Not every coach is X and O's and screaming in the player's face about accountability or saying this is how you got to come off a screen and hit a three or use your back to the basket post move. Samovich is the recruiting connection to get the overseas guys, get those international products, whether they're in the portal or you got to go get them and find them before they're deciding for another school or going to the G League. Meanwhile, UCLA has Rod Palmer, who's got the Compton Magic ties. So UCLA is slowly piecing together a super team of recruiters, getting the right X's and O's. And Mick Cronin is saying, hey, I can get, I should at UCLA. He's talked so highly about this position and how he wears a suit every game, you know, because John Wooden made this such a highly esteemed position with everything and all the success in the history. The Bruins are acting like, hey, we can go into your backyard, grab whoever we want. We can take whoever in our backyard because California's got a lot of talent. And we're going to go all the way across the globe and we'll be finding who those best players are before you do. Or if you've seen it before, we're going to take him out and bring him to Westwood and make him an iconic figure in Pauley Pavilion. Is that to say if a day monarch decides to come to UCLA or Feeble or even Zaka, will they all turn out and pan out to be excellent players? That's not the case. Not everybody is going to turn out to be an excellent player. But if UCLA is expanding their recruiting pool, you can see how all these other programs, whether big or small, are going all across the world, finding players in hidden places to find them become great college players, especially great for their programs. And UCLA's just become the latest in being able to do so. Morrow would be a big guy. He's the next one that is getting a lot of link. He's getting linked to UCLA. So maybe wait for him in the next week or so. I would possibly hope it, it, for him to make an announcement that UCLA is his next destination, but that's not necessarily the case. He's another one of those guys in the FIBAs that really stood out with his numbers. Max and I, or I believe myself, I, I talked about Mara not too long ago. We talked about him earlier in the week, but the Bruins could fill out this roster. Speaking of the rest of the roster, I think Tiger Campbell's the only one that could potentially come back for UCLA be with Jalen Clark, those are injuries that are important. For Dembona, he hasn't declared one way or the other. So that's interesting in terms of what does his injury look like in his shoulder and how much does that affect him deciding to go to the NBA draft? Does he come back and recover and give UCLA a super front court with Bona? And if you can get Amara, Amara you can get those two together. You've got 6'10", 7'3", athletic. Nuba and Etienne, that is a pretty good front court, I would think, if you're UCLA, if it all pans out that way. But at the moment, we're still waiting on if Clark can really be successful in the draft combine and everything and all in the testing the waters. Does Tiger decide to give it a go? And is Bona coming back? I was reading a Ben Bolch article in the LA Times. The Bruins could still have close to three scholarships available, depending on if everybody leaves or if people come back. That's up to three. That's still debating if Bona or Clark or Campbell decide to go or come back, or even Bailey, I should say, too. So it seems like one of these guys could make an impact into finding out, hey, UCLA's got to go recruit another guy out of the portal or just go snag someone else from another place. So here UCLA is sitting here with McClendon, Andrews, Zonka, Stefanovic, Nuba, Etienne, Fible. And currently Bona, because Bona hasn't left yet. And uh, off the top of my head, those are the guys 
that could make some impact for UCLA. And if you can get Mara, that's great. You get someone else, that's even better. And then UCLA will have a very unique young roster that will have a lot of growing pains, I would think, next year to start the season. But I think Mick Cronin could possibly build his team into someone that – not possibly. He probably will build his team into some some contender of some sort, whether it's a, a late run, get it at it, and go right to the tournament, or is it one of those teams that first weekend looks bad and then figures it out. Only time will tell if they can get Mara, how much Samovich can go impact the overseas recruiting over the next few years, and then who's going to stay from the NBA draft declarations. Tiger's an interesting one. Bona is unique, just like Jalen Clark, because those are both battling injuries. Clark's already put his foot into the NBA draft. Bona has not heard, I haven't heard it at this recording, have not heard any word on a damn Bona one way or the other. So UCLA has had so many things, right? Bailey's not coming back. Hawkins is not coming back. Clark, if he wasn't injured, wouldn't be coming back. Tiger is probably done time-wise, but who knows how his NBA prospects will turn out. Those are all things to take into consideration with Singleton out of eligibility. UCLA has done so much in this time into moving forward for next season. It's going to be a very different look UCLA team. Very, very different. But it'll be a fun season nonetheless. We're going to cruise on in Locked On UCLA as we talk about what is one of the new things the NCAA actually adopted in terms of recruiting that's going to take effect in July 1st. I thought this was a fascinating thing. I think it was Tracy McDonald who tweeted this out in terms of what the NCAA adopted this late last night on NCAA.org in terms of student-athlete representation, the, the athlete model. And what, what's more important, the biggest thing I'm looking at here is the official visits. Moving forward, prospects no longer will have a limit to the number of official visits they can make. It used to be five, but now teams can go and make Players can go make unlimited official visits to schools, the amount of schools, but you can only make one official visit per school unless there has been a head coaching change after an official visit, then a prospect or a student athlete, prospective student athlete, can go make a second official visit. In men's basketball, to be clear, prospects can still complete a second official visit to the same school, but they just cannot go and occur in the, sec- in the same academic year. So the NCA really worded this as when you, when a young person has to decide to go to school, both unofficial and official visits, they're very integral parts of the recruiting process. Again, official visits may not last longer than a two-night stay, and schools will be permitted to cover the travel costs, transportation, meals, and reasonable entertainment for up to two family members up to a, an accompanying prospect, and the rules come into effect July first. So that's interesting. I wonder how much that's going to affect recruiting in, in terms of, hey, say in basketball, UCLA is like, oh, they're going to Duke. They're going there. It's like, hey, we can pay. Come over here. We've got the, the bucks. Why not come check out UCLA and not just get stuck on the East Coast? Or if you've got someone West who wants to go East or they're deciding between a couple of schools, I would think this new rule could only benefit everybody, especially UCLA, right? With the new rules for official visits. You can't make an un, you can't make unlimited visits to a same school. Only in men's basketball can you make two visits. 
in separate academic calendar years, but you can make one visit to as many schools as you want, official visits. And if there's a head coaching change, you can make a second official visit to that school. And this is not, this is not say anything specific to sport other than men's basketball players on this report on the NCAA website that can go to the same school twice in separate academic years. Otherwise, this is a win-win, I would think, for student athletes, you know, making official visits. I know visits are extremely important for high schoolers trying to make the decision just to go to college, let alone in this day and age where schools are shopping and throwing things out in NIL opportunities. I just wonder how crazy it's going to be. It's almost a crazier free agency than it's ever been in terms of, hey, we're going to bring you here. This is what the game day atmosphere is like. This is what the campus atmosphere is like. It just will be a whole new ball game. And I know the coaches are getting more frustrated when it comes to the transfer portal and players being shopped just in the portal. Well, now in high school kids, as they try to make their decision, big time athletes in big time sports and all sports can go make as many official visits as they want and truly decide what's the right home for them. I think that's the right move for the NCAA. You just wonder how it's going to affect, I think, positively for UCLA moving forward. But then again, you just wonder how all those schools, especially in the South, if they're just going to shell out a lot of money and say, hey, we're going to bring every recruit to our school and make sure they see that this is the best place for them. And when you just wonder how UCLA will counter that being a public school, being a UC school, if that hurts them or moving to the Big Ten, that gets them so much more money that they're just going to be as greedy trying to get the best players in every sport as much as possible. That's one of the last updates I wanted to drop for you guys today. A lot of basketball news, some recruiting news, NBA declaration news, and a, a unique week for UCLA hoops. It felt like the action week was coming. Talking to Max Kelton, he was like, yeah, it, it seems like big news is coming. And if any news breaks by the time I've released this episode, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll just have another update afterwards or wait till Monday. But UCLA, they've got so much. Become an everyday listener. Become an everydayer because you don't want to miss content. How we talked about earlier this week. Who were a Demata? Who is Alan Fible? We were teasing it, and then it happened, right? We think Bailey should stay a year, but he had so much impact that his mom says, no, he, he's, te- he's going. He's fully invested in the draft process. We've been talking about these things, building up to these moments, and these moments have occurred. So become an everyday listener of Locked On UCLA. I'm Zach Anderson-Yoxheimer, signing off, saying so long. Thanks for making this your first listen. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Download it and hit the subscribe button and get the notifications for the next episode drops. Thank you for all your support. And as per usual, we're going to end this episode as we like to with an eight clap, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see, L.A. You see, L.A. Fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.